Well, good evening. And welcome to this community service here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church. It is so good uh, to welcome. It is so just a wonderful time to welcome you here this evening. Uh, good to get our churches together is what I'm trying to get out here at the beginning of my time here. But it's good to, to have you here tonight and we welcome you. Flint Hill Baptist, Trinity Baptist, Green Bethel Baptist, and we may have a few from Calvary here this evening. And so we are just delighted to have you here. Let me just point out at the very beginning an important thing. We do not have restrooms in the back, but we do have restrooms right outside the organ door here. And that may need to be uh, an important uh, reminder uh, for you this evening. But uh, again, we are glad you're here. This is good to get together each fall. And it's certainly um, my opinion that this shouldn't just happen once a year. But we have wonderful fellowship and worship when we gather. And I know God will bless us with that this evening as well. I want to remind you of just a few things before I pray and we move on with the service, but we will have an offering this evening. And at this time, I'd like to just recognize Michael Goulet, if he will stand. He's back in the center here. He is the executive director for the Cleveland County Rescue Mission. He and his wife are here with us this evening, and he will be available during our time of food and fellowship following our service and would love the opportunity just to speak with you. But there is information in your bulletin, and may, more may be said later about this, about Cleveland County Rescue Mission. Uh, you have an insert and a couple paragraphs in your bulletin this evening, so I would encourage you to read that as we uh, continue on this evening. Again, as a natural transition, everyone is invited following the service into our fellowship hall and family life center, our life enrichment center. If you'll go out the organ doors here, or you may, because of the crowd, go out the back and around that way. But we have some food, desserts, and sandwiches and soups planned for you this evening and would be delighted to have you and to have that time of fellowship. I want to say just a quick word to our Boiling Springs Baptist people this evening. Uh, we are decorated for Thanksgiving tonight. But Sunday morning, this sanctuary will be transformed, and you are a part of that transformation. If you are available tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., we would love to have you assist with the transform transformation of our sanctuary. Also, let me, this is for everyone, we have a special opportunity coming up here at Boiling Springs Baptist next week that is for the community. If you have uh, grandchildren, great-grandchildren that would enjoy a play, we have a play called Holly and the Christmas Gift that will be performed in our LEC on Tuesday, December the 3rd, so next week at 10.45 a.m. I think this is around a 30, 45 minute play, and I'm not sure where Ellen, our children's minister is. There she is waving. How long is it? About 40 minutes. About 40 minutes. It's a great play um, from Pork Chop Productions. They come each summer and do some things in our LEC for the YMCA, but that's on Tuesday, December the 3rd at 10.45, and there'll be another showing for adults at 1 p.m., and so we encourage you to come to that. You're certainly welcome. Wanted you to know that. And last, before I pray, we're glad to have Rusty Strap with us tonight. I'm not sure where Rusty Strap is right now, but there you are. Thank you, bro. I see that hand. Yes. Um, but he is with us and we're glad to have him. Many of you know him. He is a former baseball coach at Garden Web University and just a friend to our church and a friend to this community. And so Rusty, we're glad you're here tonight and we look forward to what the Lord has to say through you as we continue with our worship. Again, we're glad you're here. Will you join me now in a word of prayer? Gracious God, we come together as one community of faith to worship you as the source of all life and all goodness. We thank you first for sending Jesus. We also thank you for our town, for Garden Web University, for all who serve and protect and lead and for its citizens. 
For the churches in our community, Lord, help us to be communities of faith whose lives demonstrate to others the gratitude in our hearts for all that you have done for us. Remind us, Lord, that we are one church seeking to be your presence here in this community. As we gather in this beautiful place tonight and we'll partake of some good food following our time, help us to be mindful of those with not enough in our community. Move us, God, to be generous with our finances and with our time so that others may not go hungry. Lord, not only help us to be generous, but help us to be faithful witnesses of your love and grace in our words and our actions. Bless our service this evening, the music, the preaching, the prayers, and the offering. May our joint worship this evening be pleasing unto you. May you have your way in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
my wonderful honor this evening to lead us in the proclamation of God's Word. And I'd like to ask you to join me as we do that. Uh, one of the things that I know, though, is that uh, probably different uh, people have different uh, translations of the Scriptures. Maybe some didn't bring their uh, Bible, copy of the Bible tonight. Uh, others uh, might not have uh, real, might have a difficult time trying to find it on their phone. Uh, but uh, I'm glad that uh, we can share in the scripture by giving you one task. So if you'll do this for me, everyone repeat this line. For his mercy endures forever. Let's do that again. For his mercy endures forever. Very, <clears throat> excuse me, very good. All right, Psalm 136. The psalmist gives statements of thanksgiving to God, and then he follows those statements with for his mercy endures forever. So I'm going to read those statements of thanksgiving to God tonight, and you respond with the statement for his mercy endures forever. Psalm 136, this is the word of God. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him who alone does great wonders. To him who by wisdom made the heavens. To him who laid out the earth above the waters. To him who made great lights. The sun to rule by day. The moon and stars to rule by night. Who remembered us in our lowly state? And rescued us from our enemies? Who gives food to all flesh? Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven. And all God's people say,
And now it's your turn to sing praise. We're going to start with the traditional hymn for Thanksgiving, hymn number 61, We Gather Together. Hymn number 61. If you are able, please stand and join in singing. Maybe seated.
blessing to see that many folk coming to the choir stand. Amen. Let's bow our Well, give them just another second. Uh, and we will. Gracious God, we bow with thankful hearts that you loved us to life this day and that in loving us to life we find ourselves in this country where we are blessed with the freedoms that you allow us to have. We thank you that we are here in this season of the year as a body of believers that we can join in as community to collectively express our gratitude to you for all that you are doing and have done in our lives and that which you're going to do. We thank you as we bow this evening for the Cleveland County Rescue Mission. We thank you for Michael and Latasha Gallette as they have led this ministry that has been such a blessing within our community. And Father, we thank you that we have the opportunity that after being blessed that we can return a portion of that blessing that we might benefit the lives of those who for whatever reason are struggling, are having a hard time, are experiencing difficulties. Help us that we would not be selfish nor self-centered as we approach this time of giving, but help us to be liberal in our giving. We thank you for the wonderful Savior that you have given us, your Son, Jesus Christ. And because you have so freely given to us, help us to freely give this evening with the spirit of rejoicing for in the wonderful name of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
the choir's gonna share tonight, um, you, you don't think of maybe as a Thanksgiving anthem, but you know, we have hope in Christ, amen? amen. And so that's something to be thankful for, is our hope in Christ. And uh, that's what this song, the spiritual, is about. It's called, Oh Great Joy in the Morning Gonna Come. thinking about preaching to the choirs they just kind of preached to me I was gonna to preach to the choir earlier and they preached to me and I started thinking that tonight has already been pretty much a success without me ever having getting up here and uh, the Lord's already been highly glorified 
But since my name is in the bulletin somewhere that I left back there, I think I, I'll go ahead and try. I was, uh, you know, I think about Baptist churches a lot, and if you're worried about offending somebody, I just, I just preach to the first couple rows because they, they don't typically get very offended. Um, and, and here's what I could do to start. I could do some lame kind of stuff like say, uh, good evening. And then if you didn't reply loud enough, I would just say good evening louder. And then you would say it louder because you felt guilty that you didn't say it the first time. So you would fake it the second time. Um, I could do that and that would get a rise out of people. Or I could do that thing. Pastors do this kind of stuff now where, where you turn to your say, turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. And so do I, you know, you make people do that. And then there's somebody here on their first date with somebody and that <laughs> becomes a little bit awkward. And then uh, and I could throw um, what we call buckets of fish at you. I could throw buckets of fish and you try to catch them. What that means is pastor gives you 20 different points to write down and remember um, and you end up not catching any of them. Uh, people say, just give me one fish. Just give me one thing that I can take with me when I go. So that's what I want to do tonight is is give you that one fish, that one thing. That's something you can remember and take with you. During this time of Thanksgiving, I want, I want us to reflect, and it's actually already been mentioned tonight. I want us to reflect on how thankful we should be to be part of the Christian body. The, the community of believers, and I'm gonna challenge us to practice unity within that community of believers. Because within that community of believers, there are lots of differences. Have we noticed that already tonight? But we have a lot in common too. Scientists tell us that the DNA of all human beings is 99.9% identical. 99.9%. There's slight differences in gender, hair color, skin color, height, weight, but it seems odd to me that if we're 99.9% the same, it seems odd that we would use the one-tenth of 1% 1 to find reasons to be divided at times. We also have cultural characteristics that are different within that body. Preferences like you're urban, you live in the city. I'm rural, I live in the country. You're from the north, I'm from the south. He's from the east, she's from the west. We eat liver mush, you eat jambalaya. <laughs> we have so much to be thankful for that we shouldn't have time to complain about our differences or worry about what divides us as Christians. See, the world wants us to be divided. The outside world wants us to divide us into camps based on our physical differences, our differences of opinion, and sadly, all too often, we accommodate the world. What you have to remember is what unites us as believers is much stronger than what divides us. This past summer, I, uh, despite my age, 56 as of a couple days ago, I attempted to play church league softball down here with, with Bowling Springs Baptist, and uh, we won once um, or twice. But, but as you may know, if you've ever been to any of those games, you pray before and after, and after the, the game. And, and one night it was my turn to pray after the game, and you get in a circle with the other team. 
and pretend like you're not mad at each other about score and everything, but you're really not. And in my prayer, I said something about, hey, we may come from different churches, but we're, you know, we're together and we praise you. And I, I, I suppose it was a pretty good prayer. But when we were done, somebody from the other church said, we're all one church, because I had said we're from different churches. And I wasn't offended because I knew what he meant. We are all from one church. So I thought it might be a little bit, um, because I wasn't referring to the one church that night in my prayer. So I thought it might be appropriate for me to explain Big C Church and Little C Church. Now, most of you already know what I'm gonna say before, but humor me for those who have never heard this before. See, the Little C Church is a building. It's a place we go. It's a place we hang out. Big C Church is a family we belong to, that church. That's the Big C Church. It's the mutual, we're mutual members of the body of Christ and we don't have to go it alone. Denomination doesn't matter. Differences of opinion don't matter. Shared faith in Christ matters to the Big C Church. In nature, God has given us all sorts of examples of the physical power of unity. Take a weak metal like copper that you can twist and turn. And I think I've done that before in some of our things at home and had to end up calling somebody to come fix my twists and turns. And, and so you can twist and turn it and then you have tin, which you can twist and turn as well. But when you put them together, they can be made into bronze, which is one of the strongest elements in existence. But we don't just have examples from the physical world. God gives us also strong examples from the animal world. D ducks, especially right across the road over here at Lake Hollifield, for whatever reason like to uh, entertain us by flying in formation. And when I was coaching baseball over at Gardner-Webb, quite often they would come over right when we had just given up three or four runs and I was in no mood for the flyover, especially some of the residue that's left over after they fly over. But we notice a lot of times that, that ducks and geese, they'll fly in formation and they do that for a reason. And some of you may already know that if they fly in formation um, because of the aerodynamics, they can fly 71% further than they would before tiring out if they were on their own. And scientists believe that it's not just the aerodynamics that allows them to fly further and go farther. It's because they're honking encouragement at each other the whole time. Romans 12, 16 says we should live in harmony with one another. To sing in harmony, people have to sing different notes. I just heard that. Not everybody was singing the same note. But when it was blended together, it was a harmony that was achieved. Psalm 33.1 says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Imagine if our unity resembled a bird murmurization. I don't know if you've seen one of those, but if you haven't, Google it, YouTube it something and watch a bird murmurization when they're all moving in unison. It's a thing of beauty. Imagine if that was the big C church doing that. To be unified, oftentimes some people need common enemies. Um, we have that. Satan's our common enemy. 
We're not the enemy, he is. The old saying is we have met the enemy and it is us, should not apply to the Christian body. People say often they won't join churches because they see how Christians fight each other. And when we fight, we look like that kid who, when he didn't get his way, takes his ball and goes home. If we don't get our way, we take our ball and we go home or we find another church to try to get our way. We gotta understand something about our churches. Preachers preach differently. Leaders lead differently. Worshipers worship differently. We argue about contemporary and traditional and we forget that service and worship are not about us. And whether we like it or whether we feel something special, worship is about God being praised and glorified first and foremost, and I would say only. But we tend to rally around people. We rally around people, preachers, leaders, speakers, whoever. We rally around songs, hymns, denominations, traditions, none of which are wrong unless we rally around them instead of Christ. Too often we ride into our churches on our white horses of goodness and hear stories of goodness, sing hymns and songs of goodness. Then we ride out and withdraw love and criticize those whom with which we disagree. Often other people within the church, the big C church and the little C church. We get on our soapboxes and assume that because we're Christians, we're automatically right. And we feel like we have to express and fight for every opinion we have. And we hurt the unity of the church when we critique every little thing somebody else does. Christians get more upset sometimes about a fellow believer who slips and says a bad word than we do about millions of people in the world starving and dying of disease and thousands of children in this country and in our own county being abused or neglected. Little C churches need to be united, but the big C church needs to be united too. United in what really matters, not petty, insignificant things. We must pick and choose our battles and our battles should never be with each other. Yes, we have to disagree. And yes, we have to discuss, but not battle. I've heard it said before that conflict is inevitable, but combat is optional. Let's save combat for the enemy. Part of the problem is we like to pretend we have it all together. But to be honest, we're all kind of really like onions. We kind of stink. Um, <laughs> You put an onion in the refrigerator for a while, pretty soon, everything stinks from one onion. If we're not careful, the same could be true of us. Now some stink worse, but we all stink. Once we realize that, admit that, and humble ourselves before God, then we can truly be unified as a community of believers. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 says this. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is being joined together 
and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Fellow members, it says, built together, joined together. Unity does not mean we accept anything and everything. We can't compromise the cross. We can't compromise the word. But too much of our mindset today is about our individual rights. When our desire each week at church to be to join the choir of believers in harmony and honk encouragement to each other like the ducks and the geese. And then we take that harmony, that harmony we have tonight, and we take it out into the world. We don't leave it here each week. We can leave here tonight and be inspired by all we've seen and heard and say we're going to be unified. And we can leave here and say we're going to change. But we may end up being like this guy that was on the road a while back uh, in front of me, in the lane beside me with his blinker on. And I'm saying, go, come on in. I'm letting you in. And he stayed and the blinker kept being on. Have you had those before? And I'm going, move over, change lanes. That could be us. I'm going to change, I'm going to change, I'm going to change, I'm going to change. And then they don't, after a while, you know what happens? They forgot they had their blinker on. That could be us. If we continue to say we're going to change and do something about this unity thing and then we never do, we've just left our blinker on. That's all we've done. In the Old Testament, God waited many years before acting in order to let one generation die out. He let them die out and they wandered around in the wilderness while he allowed them to die out so that he could achieve what he wanted to with the next generation. Do we want to be that generation now that God says, well, I'm going to let them die out so I can achieve Christian unity with the next generation? Do we want to go in circles like that? I hope not. Matthew 10, 16 says that we have, as believers have been placed here as sheep in the midst of wolves. Now I read a story one time about a man who visited a shepherd at night, modern day uh, shepherd that, that had the sheep and he wanted to see what that was like. Um, as he, he visited the shepherd at night, he had a small fire and all the sheep were around and they heard this howling in the distance, which was the wolves. So instinctively, the sheep began to move closer to the shepherd and they circled the bonfire where the shepherd was standing and the shepherd began to toss more logs on the fire to get this flame going higher. And this visitor looked out and he saw all these tiny lights speckling. And he wondered what those lights were and then he realized they were the reflections of the fire in the eyes of the sheep. In the midst of danger, these sheep were not looking into the darkness. They had tightened their circle. They had huddled together and they were keeping their eyes set in the direction of their safety, in the direction of the shepherd. Now I'm saying Christian brothers and sisters, we have to huddle together. We have to maintain a strong circle 
And we must keep our eyes on the Good Shepherd together. The world is waiting for us as Christians to fail. And when we're not unified in Christ, we're feeding the world's hunger for that failure. So let's don't just turn our blinkers on. Let's change lanes. This Thanksgiving, let's be thankful for all our blessings, but especially the blessing of the family circle of Christians to which we belong. And may that circle be unbroken. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this gathering of uh, brothers and sisters that love you and, and praise you in many different ways. And we are one body and we thank you for that. And we pray that we may be unified at all times. And during this season of thanks, may we be for the love you give us and the love we have within each other. And in the spirit of unity, all God's children said, Amen. Thank you, Rusty. Our closing hymn is hymn number 668, God of the Fertile Fields. Though you may not be familiar with the words, you're, you're definitely familiar with the tune. And if you would read the words, I think they will be meaningful to you, especially in this season. 668, please stand if you're able.
a wonderful, wonderful evening of worship. Have you enjoyed being in God's house tonight? I really have uh, enjoyed being here and from uh, the opening song from Green Bethel until just the hymn now, I have worshiped tonight. Always look forward to this time together. Um, and like Keith said as he began, that we need to do this more often than once a year uh, because we are one church, one big C church. We are kingdom of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ as God's family. And so it's great to be together. And I look forward to fellowshipping together around the table as we go to the Family Life Center in just a moment as well. But thankful that all of you have been here to worship together tonight. Let's pray together together as we close. God, I just want to tell you that I love you and I thank you that you love us. Thank you that we can love because you first loved us and you gave your one and only son for us. God, I thank you that we can be together in harmony because of the scarlet thread that runs through your church. We're all tied together by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're tied together because we have accepted you and we are in you and we are your children. We're one in the bonds of love through him. And so God, thank you. I thank you that we've been able to worship together tonight. Thank you for Rusty and for just an awesome word that you have given to him that he gave to us. Thank you that he was your mouthpiece tonight. And I pray blessings upon him, upon his family. God, I pray blessings upon each one who is in this place tonight. And I thank you for our brothers and sisters at Green Bethel and at Trinity and at Bullen Springs. And thank you that we at Flint Hill get to be part of their family, all of us together as family of God. Thank you that we've been able to worship together. And I pray your blessings upon our time of fellowship together now as we go to the Family Life Center, as we fellowship around the table. Thank you for all of those that have prepared food for us. And I pray that you will bless it as it nourishes our bodies. Bless us as we leave this place now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.